Welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you'd like to come check us out in person, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Winchester Trail Elementary School on 6865 Gender Road in Canal Winchester, Ohio. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Buddy. Hey, uh, we're in the middle of this series called Fresh Air. If you haven't had a chance to check out this book by Pastor Chris Hodges, I recommend that you go grab it. Um, it's a great book, um, just, just about what the Christian life, what being a Christ follower is all about. It should be a breath of fresh air with, for us as Christ followers to have a relation with God. None of this should be drudgery. None of this should be obligatory. This should be something that we wake up and it just brings life to us every single day. It should be a breath of fresh air. And if you remember um, the first week, uh, Pastor Tim did a great job opening up this series. And, and we have four principles that we're going through. And the first week was principle number one of the Fresh Air book is, is we need to just fall in love with Jesus. It's not about what we do, it's about it's about who we do it for, and the attitudes of our heart, and the posture of our heart, just absolutely, positively falling in love with Jesus. And last week, principle number two was, I challenge you guys, remember, choose a Christ-like attitude. And that requires that we do it daily. Everybody say daily. Daily. How many messed up this week? I did, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, the struggle's real. Again, don't judge me. But, but choosing a Christ-like attitude every single day of our life. And, and here's kind of the theme board verse that we're going to land on here in this series, and that's Deuteronomy 30, 19. If you got your smart device or a Bible, you can open that up, or you can just look up here. It's real easy. It says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Just breathe. Just breathe for a second. Doesn't that feel good? Okay, there's your day to do it. Now do it with me. Okay. A breath of fresh air. This thing should be a breath of fresh air. The Bible is very clear that we have a choice in this whole thing called life. We can have cursing in our life. We can have blessing in our life. We can have joy. We can have not so much. We can have hatred. We can have uh, discontent. We can have, you know, all kinds of things. It, it's up to us. It's up to the attitudes that we choose, whether we have life or whether we have death in our, in our life, right? And so I want to talk to you real quick about a story um, that's in the Bible. Um, and and, and you know, I, like, I like the Bible. I think it's a good place to start. And, and here's the thing. In our lives, let's be honest. I want you guys to take a hard look at show because I'm going to talk to you about today. It's the hardest thing you will do. And most of you are going to discredit me. So I'm, that's where I'm starting from. Most of you are like, yeah, buddy, that's not realistic. But, but I'm telling you right now, if, if you will get a grip on what I'm going to talk about today, it will absolutely positively change your life. And I'm not even talking about serving God like you need to become a Christ follower. I'm talking about if you'll get this principle as Christ followers and apply this to your life, it will change your life. But most of you are going to push back today. Most of you aren't going to listen. Isn't that exciting? I'm telling you right now. I'll just tell you. But I want to challenge you too. Because if you do, it will absolutely change your life. Because today, we're going to, you know why most of us can't have fresh air, can't, can't live a fresh air life when it comes to our Christianity? It's because we're too busy. Yeah, y'all just, well, I lost you just there. You just said, yep, and I'm out, right? Like, you're too busy to follow me right now. You're like, you're thinking about all the 15 things you got to do after church, right? But, but the reason we are so out of breath as a culture, we are so busy. We are living such a hurried pace for life that it's absolutely killing us. I mean, if we have any family life at all, what is it? You run home late after work, and you grab some cold pizza, right? You heat it up in the microwave, and you throw it to your kids, and then you let them watch a little show, then you go to bed, and you get up, and you do it again, right? I mean, that's really the kind of, of life that we're living, the pace that we're living. Listen, like the only kind of intimate touch you get from your spouse is when, when you poke them because they're snoring, right? Because they're just too busy. They're just too busy for any kind of, any kind of anything going on in, in your life. 
Friend, you know you're too busy when? You're too busy to finish the book you're reading about stress. Right? You know you're too busy when? You know you're too busy when you tell your kids it's time to eat and they get in the car. Right? You know you're too busy when you have more, more clothes in your car than you do your closet. Right? You know you're We are busy as a culture. We are at a brick, breakneck pace. And it's almost competition. It's almost laughable. Because when you talk to someone, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I tell you, brother, I'm busy too. Let me tell you about my schedule. Oh, yeah, you think you're busy. Let me tell you about my schedule. Oh, yeah, but I forgot. I'm also doing this on top of that, right? Anybody guilty? All right. And we are just busy. You know, and, and, and here's the thing. In our lives, and, and just to talk about our schedules and, and what we do in our lives, uh, the average American in, in your lifetime, because we're all average, right? The average... We eat out 14, we will eat out 14,411 times this year, or not this year, that's a lot, that's a lot, in our lifetime, in our lifetime, including 1,811 trips to McDonald's, and I wonder why I had to have my gallbladder removed. We'll spend 13 years, listen, this is staggering, 13 years and four months watching TV. Isn't that crazy? But we're busy. We spend five years waiting in line. Five years, that's nuts. We spend one year looking for things we lost. <laughs> and then if my wife finds all the lost things, so she's probably putting about four or five years in the same, because I can never find it. My wife is the finder of all lost things. That's what we have deemed her in our house. That is her name. We will attend 35 weddings, and over a lifetime, we will drive 413,226 miles on average. That's crazy, isn't it? The things that we fill our life with. It is insane. But listen, here's the thing I understand. Is that no one at the end of their life wished they could have done one more of these things. Man, I just wish I could have gotten to McDonald's one more time. If I could just, if I could have just gotten to see that series on Netflix one more time, right? If I could have just driven a couple more miles, right? I mean, nobody gets to the end of their life and wishes that they could have done more of these things. Let me, let me ask you a question. Have you guys ever heard the expression, the handwriting's on the wall? Raise your hand. Have you heard that? The handwriting's on the wall? Well, 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 here's the thing. It comes from a story in the Bible. And there's this king, and it's in Daniel, if, if you ever want to go read it. It's a great story. But Daniel chapter 5, and, and here we have this king. His name's Bel, uh, what, I want to get right. Belshazzar. Belshazzar, Daniel's nickname. So Belshazzar is the king. Daniel um, is there on the scene, and he's kind of serving the king. And uh, not necessarily by choice, but he's there. And, and so here's what happened is the king is having this big feast. He's having this big party with him and his boy, you know, this rave thing. And all of a sudden this music playing, everything's going on. And, and there's this big hand. So they must have been doing LSD, apparently, because they started saying <laughs> this big hand comes out of nowhere, right? And, and it, starts, it starts writing on the wall. And it's in this language that nobody understands. And, and so the king gets all of his wise men and his, his prophets together and all these sorcerers and everything else. And, and they come together and they try to figure this thing out and, and what this language is and what this hand's trying to say. And nobody can figure it out. And then somebody remembers, hey, Daniel interprets dreams. He, he sees things. He understands things in the spiritual realm. Maybe we should bring him in. So they bring in Daniel and he gets there and he looks and he says, oh, yeah, I can read that. You know, so he gets, and, and, and the words on the wall are this. It says, many tackle phrasing is what it says. So, I, and, and so, so verse 5, we're seeing the, the, or 26, we're seeing the translation. This is, this is what 
these words mean. It says, God has numbered the days. That's the many part. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Right? You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Then here's what I want to challenge you. How about you? If, if we were to weigh your life together to today, if we were to put you on the scales of life, and, and if, if God were to weigh your life, would it be found wanting? Would it be found lacking? Would, would there be something missing from your life? What, what would your spouse say? How about your kids? What would they say that, that, about your life? And, and listen, here's what I want you to do today is I want to encourage you to allow God to talk to you. Okay? I want to encourage God you to put yourself in a position you can hear from him. Allow him to work on you today. Because here's, here's this, this verse is very clear. And, and, and how hurried and busyness and a frantic pace affects your life. That's, that's what we're just talking about, a frantic pace of life and how it really really affects you. There's so, somebody once said that if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. Right? You're not as bright as you think you are. And we're, we're, we are burning our candle at both ends. And it's a dangerous place to be when we're at, when we're at there's such a hurried and busy pace of life. It's a dangerous place to be. Because what happens? All of us are tired. We're exhausted, aren't we? Man, if I could just get a vacation, if I could just get away for a couple days, man, if I if things would just slow down, right? I mean, isn't that what one day it, it can't always be like this? It's going to slow down soon, honey. I promise, right? And that's the promise we make. And then what happens? It doesn't. Does it? It never slows down. It's like we're the hamster on the wheel, and we just keep moving, and we just keep going. Then we work harder to get off the stupid thing, and then we're moving faster, right? And then we're more exhausted, and then we're more tired. And here's the problem with our hurried and busy place of life is this, is that, that the, it, it, when you're tired, you have the risk, the risk of sinful choices increase. The risk of sinful choices increase. When we're tired, we don't have the ability because, because when I'm depleted, I'm unstable. When I'm depleted, I'm unstable because I don't have the energy to guard the things. I'm just not, I'm not clear in my mind. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do the thing. I can't be vigilant like I want to. I, I get tired and I get depleted and then I get unstable. There's a, there's an acronym I like to use in my life and I heard a long time ago. It's called HALT. HALT. H-A-L-T. Whenever I'm hungry, whenever I'm angry, whenever I'm lonely, or whether I'm tired, that's when things start happening in my life that are not positive. That's when, that's when sin starts to increase. That's when, when relationship problems start to happen. That's when I start slipping, when I start missing things. Does that make sense? Can anybody else relate? So anytime you have one of these things, stop. Just stop. Stop at that moment and realize what's going on. Why are you feeling these things and what do you need to do to stop it? Just stop it. That's why Jesus said, Jesus said that this busyness thing, it's actually a sign of the end times. Can you believe that? It's in the Bible. It says Luke 21, 34. Be careful. Be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, with drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. See, the dissipation. See, it's not, a, it's not something that happens immediately. It's something that happens over time. It's something that happens, happens, we, we may not even notice it, but before you know it, you're somewhere you never intended to be, and you don't even know how you got it. And you need to halt, you need to stop and understand that, because when you're tired, the risk of sinful choices increase. The second thing is that when you're tired, your emotions are inconsistent. Come on, somebody. Right? Your emotions are inconsistent. It's, it's, and we've all done this, haven't we? I mean, you get in a hurry, and your temper speeds up too, doesn't it? Road rage, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. 
right? How many of you like sent the international sign of displeasure to somebody because they cut you off? <laughs> I've never done that. I'm, I'm, I'm holy and spiritual. But I've seen some of you, and you need to get the legacy sticker off your car because you're embarrassing. Right? I'm just saying. I actually had somebody text me a couple months ago. I said, hey, dude. Guess who just cut me off? Somebody had a legacy sticker. They were not very happy. And I was like, ah, I guess what I'm doing is not working real well. We need to pray for us. Pray for us. I'm not kidding. It was, cool. it was funny. It was awesome. I enjoyed it, actually. But, but the truth is that, that we do that. We, we, the, hurt, the more in a hurry we get, our temper speeds up, too, right? Think about your kids. You're getting ready for school. You got 10 minutes to get out of this house. Why are you still in your pajamas? Am I the only one? Don't look at me. You guys judge me. So much, and it hurts my feelings because I know you have kids, and I've talked to your kids, and I know you do the same thing. All right, but seriously, you're in a hurry. You're going to church this morning. I promise you, some of you lost your salvation this morning with your kids. You did. You did. It's the truth. So just own it, okay? And, and so the, the, the faster, the, the more of a hurry the, the, the our temper speeds up. And think about it. When you're not in a hurry, what happens when you're in your car? If you got plenty of time to get where you're going, you know you're going to get there early, 30 minutes early, you are sitting at that traffic, at that, at that little, you know, where the people pull out of the gas station, and you're just letting the whole, just come on through. It's all good. Hey, yeah, you too. I know you're still at the pump. I'll wait. This is a good day. Bless you, brother. Have a great day, right? I mean, that's just how it is. And, you know, you're not hurt. You're in line. You, you see somebody with a bunch of, hey, just go ahead. Yeah, I just got a couple of things. It's okay. Right? We're like butterflies and roses. It's awesome, right? But if you're in a hurry, you're like, you have 15 items. This is 12 or less, sucker. Get out. <laughs> right? What do you mean a checkbook? Who are you? Who does that? You don't know what a debit card is? I mean, seriously, dude. Like, I'm in a hurry. We do it, right? It's what happens. It's just, we, it, and here's what Job says. It says, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without me seeing what? Any joy. See, hurriness robs us of the joy that we can have that's ours if we'll just slow down for just one second. So here's the question I'm going to ask you. When's the last time you really experienced joy? When's, I'm not talking about happiness and, you know, if it makes you happy, that kind of, I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about inner peace, inner joy, where you wake up and you're just joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, today's going to suck, maybe possibly some of the things that might be happening, or it may have sucked. But I'm, I can be joyful in the midst of all the suck. <laughs> right? I can. I can be positive. I can have hope, even though it's not looking good right now. I can have joy. So, so when's the last time? Because sometimes we're running so fast that we fail to stop and enjoy. Stop and smell the roses. Right? It's a trisome, but it's true. When's the last time you stopped and smelled the roses? Me and my wife, we were at a point where sometimes we can leave our kids together by themselves. Come on, hallelujah, Jesus. It's an amazing thing. And so last night we are like, hey, let's go talk about Caden's birthday. And, and so we went, we went to the coffee shop and we went to the park and we're walking through. And she's like, aren't these flowers beautiful? I'm like, they're weeds, honey. They're weeds. They're not flowers. Oh, they're flowers. Look at them. I know, honey, I want a weed eater and some weed killer for this park. It's killing me. Like, they're not weeds. But she was stopping and smelling the flower. Her perspective was joy and peace. And I'm like, looking at weeds. Like, the perspectives couldn't be any different. But, but she understood at that moment. She'd be joyful. She didn't have kids tugging at her. She didn't have people arguing with her. She didn't have people telling her she was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's for you. But... <laughs> It, it's just one of it, it, she, she, was, she was experiencing joy because she was literally stopping and smelling the weeds. It was amazing. 
It was, it was awesome. So I want to challenge you to stop and smell the weed sometimes. And when I'm tired, sometimes I am less productive. Sometimes I'm less productive. Abraham Lincoln said it this way. He said, give me, give me six hours to cut a tree down, and I will spend the first four sharpening my saw. I will spend the first four sharpening my saw. Listen, this is the principle, sharpening the saw. You, you get more done if you'll just stop once in a while and sharpen. Just stop once in a while and sharpen. For some of us, this is critical message, message for us in our health and our family. We just got to stop. We got to stop living. It's unhealthy. And not only that, it's ungodly. It's not, it, God's not impressed by your busyness. He's not. He's not impressed by, by us trying to get, get forward and move ahead and, and keep up with the joke. He's not impressed with that. What he's impressed with is, we'll talk about in a minute, is when you can sit at his feet and just be there. That's what, that, that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with you. Listen, listen. It's a, it, it, we've got to stop. Proverbs 21 says this in the message. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. That's why you feel, I, how many of you say this? I just cannot seem to get ahead. But you're working more than you've ever worked in your life. You're, you're, you have a more frantic pace than you've ever had in your life. I just can't seem to get ahead. You know why? Because you're not stopping. Because you're not planning. You're just doing whatever it is. Well, you got to go work 9 to 5 or 9 to whatever. you got to get your job. you got to sit there for 30 years. you got to do this. you got to do that. you got to do this. you got to do that. No, no, no. What's God telling you to do? Not what society's telling you to do. So I think it would be a whole lot easier. Actually, if, if you would figure out what God wants you to do, he's going to bless that. Quit asking God to bless what you're doing. Amen. I thank you. That's a great place to say amen. Find out what God wants you to do. Where does God want you to be? What does he want you to be doing? But that requires you to stop. Because Proverbs 19 says this, a person in a hurry does what? A person in a hurry makes mistakes. We make mistakes. All the time, we make mistakes. So is that true of you? Do you find yourself making mistakes? Because here's the thing, you may be very well, you may very well be busy, but are you productive? Right? Oh, we're busy. We're not getting much done. We're, we're busy, but at the end of the day, our families are suffering. At the end of the day, our, our relationships are suffering, right? At the end of the day, where our health is suffering, our spiritual suffering, at the end of the day, it, 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 we're making mistakes. And then this, the next thing you do is you, if when you find yourself tired, you end up empty on the inside. You end up empty on the inside. Listen, now, now it starts, this is where it starts to get critical, just, just going through the motions. Listen, it's like the burnout. I mean, you just feel burnt out. And, and we've, I, I've been there, you've you probably, but you're just to the point where you just burn out. I just, I just, I'm done. I'm just, I cannot, I just cannot do this. Now listen, here, here's the thing. Burnout has nothing to do with time spent. Do you understand that? Has nothing to do with time spent. It, it has everything to do with doing things that do not matter. That's when you get burnt out. When you're doing things that have lost significance and lost purpose, that's when you get burnt out. When you're just spinning on this wheel of life and you're just doing things that have no purpose, no meaning. How many men, I just cannot be at this job another day because it's not what I feel that God's designed me to do. And you're getting burnt out in your job. That's what's happening. It's because it doesn't have purpose for you. Yeah, it's serving a purpose of feeding your family. And those things are noble and those things are needed. I'm not saying you walk away from your job tomorrow because that would be a little not so bright. Okay, you need to eat. You need to have clothing. You need to have a roof over your head. Those things are important. But, but. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then these things will be added unto you. See, that's purpose. The purpose is God. The purpose is seeking his kingdom and letting and figuring out how you can make that job that you're passionate about passionate so that you can turn that, flip that switch and make that job about serving God. Make that job because the Bible says what? You should do all things as unto him. 
You should work that job as unto him, not unto them, right? So, so find purpose and find passion. Listen, 87% of the church does not know their purpose. 87%. Listen, that's why we do growth track. We're starting growth track today. Our step one is, again, we're, every first Sunday of every month, we got step one. That's follow. We're going to learn how to follow God. Step two next week, we're going to learn how to connect, right? Step four, you're going to learn how to discover your purpose. And then step five, step four, you're going, it's the last Sunday of the month, you're going to learn how to make a difference, right? That's what we all want. We want to be part of something that makes a difference. And that's what we're offering you here. That's why we changed our programming at Legacy Church to help you do that. See, Psalms 36, 39.6 says, We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in what? Nothing. nothing. All of our busyness ends in nothing. And we need to stop. We need to stop being busy, and we need to focus on Him. And when you're tired, the last thing you hear, you cannot hear from God. You cannot hear from God. And this has got to be the most critical one. Listen, you're going to miss what God has to offer when you're busy. You're going to miss it. You're absolutely possibly going to miss it. That's why Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. What's the first part of that? Be still. So if you're not still, you won't know that he's God. If you're not still, you think you're the one in control. If you're not still, you think you're the one providing for your family. If you're not still, you think it's about you. But when you're still, then you can know that he is in control, that he is your provider, that he is your source. That he is where all good things come in your life. You've got to be still and know that he is God. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you stopped long enough for God to speak to you? When was it? And if you can't answer that question, you need to figure that out. You need to go out today and go out to the park and look at the weeds by yourself. And, and, and let God speak to you. You need to catch your breath. You need to catch your breath. So what's the solution? What's the solution? Well, here, I have a good one. It's not up here, but if you write down the word stressed on your notes, everybody has notes, write down the word stressed, right? S-T-R-E-S-S-E-D. S-T-R-E-S-S-E-D. Write it down. Just for a second. And write it down in your head, whatever it gets me. Stress, right? Here's the solution. I'm giving it to you. This will change your life. I promise you. Turn the world stressed around, and what do you get? Desserts. <laughs> Come on. I'm out. Thanks, guys. Right? Turn your stress into desserts. Come on, somebody. Yeah. But seriously, though, I'm just kidding. Kind of. I mean, Dairy Queen is a godly place. It is spirit that happens in that place every day. But, but here, here, here's really, here's the principle I want to give you for your life. Here, here's the principle. It comes, Mark 6, 31 says this. That because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Get some dessert. Get some rest. Chill. Hang out with me. Come. This is Jesus talking. He's saying, come and hang out with me in this quiet place and you will get some rest. But how do we do that? Honestly. How do we do that in our culture with all the things that we have going on? Number one is this, is you've got to stop the constant push for more. It's called the monster of more. You've got to stop bowing down to the monster of more. Stop pushing for more. It's not about more. We get into this syndrome called the desire to acquire, right? We've got to have more. We've got to have more. We're saving up for Black Friday right now, aren't we? Thinking about it. Come on, I know there's going to be more. I don't even need that TV, but I want it because it's on sale. 
<laughs> right? Right? You, you want things, you, Black Friday will make you want things you didn't even know you need. You didn't even know existed. But I need it now because I know it's there, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have trying to impress people we don't like. <laughs> it's the truth, isn't it? It's the truth. It's that the average American spends 137% of their income. That's a big number. 137% of their income, it's a real deal. And you all know it because you can think of your credit card debt that you have right now. Right, what's the average American is like $30,000 in debt? Isn't that nuts? Just on the credit card alone. That's not including houses and cars and those kind of things. Isn't that nuts? We spend 130 because we have to have more. We get overextended financially, right? And, and, and now everybody in the family needs to have a job. We've got to have everybody working. Listen, Kate, I'm going to need you to start mowing grass, okay? Because you're going to start slipping snow or something because, man, you're just eating a lot right now, right? So, and Shelly, I mean, we just need to pick up the pace right now. If you need to get two jobs, get two jobs. But we got to keep this roof under over our head. We got to keep food. We got to keep clothes. Now they got basketball. We got all this stuff going on, right? And that's just kind of, and we're overextended, and, and, and we're busy all the time trying to make ends meet. And what happens? What's, what, what ends up happening? Our relationships deteriorate, don't they? Number one cause of divorce is what? It's money. It's finances. And communicate, there's the top three, money, finances, and sex. And why do you think all those things fail? It's because of money, right? All of that happens because we're overextended financially. And, and that's the thing, listen. Ecclesiastes challenges us. It says it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. Come on, doesn't that sound like fresh air, though? But how does that happen? Well, maybe we need to downsize. Maybe we, maybe we need to buy a smaller home where we can spend more time with our family. We don't have to be working as much. Maybe we need to sell our cars and, and turn it in and, and go buy a cash car that's, that's a junker for a while and drive that around until we can afford some, right? Talk, come on, Dave Ramsey people. You know who you are, right? Go, go buy, go buy some, and just, 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 just live free, live debt free, and see what a breath of fresh air that is to you. And you all know, some of you in this room have, have, have gotten out of debt, serious debt, and you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a breath of fresh air in your life, and we've got to remember this, that the greatest thing in life is not things. The greatest thing in life is not things. That's not what it is. See, listen, as pastor, I've, I've seen some people on their deathbed, and I've done funerals, and, and I've talked to people, and, 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 and I've never heard one person in their final breath say, man, I wish I would have worked more hours. Man, I just wish I could have worked more. Man, I wish I could have bought more stuff. Man, I wish I'd had a bigger house. Man, I wish I would have had a nicer home. Man, I just, I can't believe I'm going to die, and I didn't do more with my time at work and, and making more money. You know what? I've, I've never seen them say that. I, I've seen them say, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I've seen them say, I wish I would have spent more time living for God. I, I've seen that. I, I've seen those things happen. I, 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 Billy Graham, you know, anybody know who Billy Graham is? Yeah. Billy Graham started Crusades back in, what, 50s, right? He, he uh, stadiums full of people, just, just bringing them to Jesus, telling them about God, seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus. He has an autobiography. You know what the one thing, last thing he says in his autobiography? He wins thousands of people. There's millions of people on this earth that are saved because of his ministry and what God did through him. You know what the last thing his autobiography said? I wish I would spend more time with my family. That should be convicting, right? Here's a guy giving his life to Jesus, winning thousands of people to Jesus, helping bring people into a relationship with God and never would have a relationship with God, but he sacrificed his family at the altar of ministry. Let that not be said of us, ladies and gentlemen. 
Let us not have any regrets when it comes to that. So, so how do we slow down? How do we slow down? Listen, it's not that we, we clear your schedule. That's a mandate, right? You can clear your schedule at, at some point. We can work toward that. But that, that's not going to slow down your busyness. My wife is a driver. She's going to be busy no matter what she does, right? That's just kind of her personality. She can't sit down. She can't get, that's not who she is. She's going to be decorating or she's going to be tearing something up or she's going to be, she, she will be busy. She will be doing something. So it's not about clearing your schedule because, because that's not the thing. It's, it's, it, it's, why do we, I'm sorry, where did I go? I lost my place. Forgive me for just a second. Where did I go? Yeah, yeah. See, you have to deal with the root of the issue of why you are so driven. That's what you need to do. Why, why can't you slow down? Why, why can't you stop? Why can't you just stop and smell the weeds for a moment? It, it's why, why do we take on more than we really need to take on in life? Why? It's because here's the thing. Is we don't need more business clients, right? We take on more business. We take on more clients. More, we take on more whatever. And, and why do we do that when it's harming us? Because we know it is. We know as soon as we say yes to something that it's going to harm something. It's going to take... I heard somebody tell a long time ago, and that's why I'm careful to do this. He said, whatever you say yes to, you say no to something else. Right? So whatever I say yes to today is going to force me to say no to something tomorrow. And that no may be something I really want to do or really need to take care of, but I can't because I've already said yes to this. So whatever you say yes to today, you say no to something tomorrow. So, so you have to ask yourself this very frank question. Only you can answer this. And be real with yourself. Will having more make you happy? Will doing more make you Happy? Will having more activities make you happier? And here's the answer. It won't, will it? Let's be honest. You know it won't. It won't make us happier. And we've got to deal. So the root issue is we've got to deal with our discontent. Why are we filling our lives with all this stuff that we know is going to make us happier, but we've convinced ourselves it will? Why are we doing that? Proverbs 14.30 says this. A heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. What is he saying? He's saying that you cannot be relaxed and envious at the same time. You can't be relaxed and still want what the Joneses have. Can't be relaxed and be like, man, I'm, I just, I wish I had a bigger TV. Man, if I just had a bigger TV, I could relax more and I could rest and then I'd be a nicer person, right? That's what we convince ourselves, isn't it? I'd be more peaceful, more at rest. No, because then you went the bigger way. Because then they come out with 4K, 3D, and that just changes your life, right? Let's be honest, people. Come on, man. Come on, man. Right, bigger TV. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. There's one of you that believe in bigger TVs. Anyway. But you have to stop the constant push for, for more and learn to stay, to say no. Proverbs 20, 25 says, it's a trap for man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. Learn to say no. Learn to say no and do not feel guilty about it. And I'm not talking saying no just to be no, just to be mean. I'm not talking about that. Or just, just to be selfish. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, I'm saying learn to say no to the things that are going to keep you from saying yes to the things that you need to or that you want to or that God's calling you to. Learn to say no so that you can say yes. See, it's always easier to get in than it is to get out, isn't it? Right? It's a whole lot easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt, isn't it? Right? It's a whole lot easier to get into a relationship than to get out of one, isn't it? Right? It's a whole lot easier to get into trouble than get out of trouble. It's a whole lot easier to gain weight than... We're not going to talk about that. Look. <laughs> it's always easier to fill your schedule than it is to empty your schedule, so we have got to decide what not to do. We, we should, we, you should not only have a to-do list, but you should have a don't-do list, right? Or better yet, you should have a what matters less, most list. Andy Stanley, Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book, he says that the, the greatest question ever is what is the best thing for me to do right now? What is the best thing for my life right now? What is the best thing for my life right now? What is the best, what matters most to you? And start designing your life around those things. 
Start planning your schedule around what matters most, because most of us are the urgent and the unimportant when we need to be taking care of the important and the urgent. Does that make sense? What, is the, what are the things that matter most? Here's the thing that I know you guys are going to like. I'm telling you right now. Number two, learn to have a Sabbath. I know that's kind of a cuss word in the Christian culture. I get it. But learn to have a Sabbath day. Keep it holy. The Bible says that, right? When God put commands in the Bible, listen, understand this. You know the Big Ten, right? Yeah, we got, we got what? Don't murder. Like, don't kill people. Okay, I can do that one. Don't sleep with somebody else's wife. Okay, I, I, can, I can make sure I do that one. Look, look, don't, don't keep, wait, what, 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 your, what your neighbor has. Don't, don't want his stuff. Okay, I, I can do that. Listen, don't have any other gods but God. Okay, okay I can do that. Keep the Sabbath. Oh, well, I don't have time for that, right? It's in the same list as don't murder. It's in the same list as don't cheat on somebody. It's in the same list. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. But we as Christ followers, we're too busy to do that in our culture right now. We, we just can't. See, listen, Exodus 20 says this. You have six days in which to do your work. But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to who? To God. It's dedicated to me. The Sabbath, you must have it. You must keep it holy. It's in the Big Ten. And it's not there because he, 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 he's mean and he's trying to you know, crimp your lifestyle. It's there because he wants what's best for you. And he knows if you will stop and smell the roses, if you will just rest at his feet, that your life will be so much better. Listen, I heard it said this way. Anybody ever had bought a dog like a puppy? Anybody had a dog for a puppy? Right? Okay. And what do you do with that dog? you got to train the dog, don't you? Right? And you've heard me use some of you that have been here. You've maybe heard this illustration before. But those are your newer So when you buy a puppy, what's the one thing you want to do? you got to give a puppy exercise. Right? So what do you do with that puppy? You teach it how to fetch a ball, don't you? Right? It's what we got to do. But a puppy doesn't automatically know how to fetch a ball. It's just so you have to teach it. So what do you do? You take the ball. Hey, 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 come here. And you throw the ball. And the puppy kind of looks at you first round. Right? They're like, go, go get the ball. And then you kind of end up chasing the ball for whatever reason. Right? And then, then you put it in the mouth, and, and eventually the, the puppy will learn to get the ball, but it goes and gets the ball, and then it just runs around the yard with the ball, right? And you're like, no, 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 bring it, bring it back to me, this is how it works, and the, bu the puppy will come, and then what's it do? It brings the ball, but it won't let go of the ball, will it? Right? You're like, press someone, give me the ball, I just, and the puppy, I'm not giving you the ball, I just got the ball, why would I give the ball? You're like, just give me the ball. And so finally you learn that the dog just sit and give me the ball. So, so, so you'll throw the ball and the dog will come back and then you'll go through this whole dance again. And until finally, what do you do? So, okay, dog, here you go. Sit. So you teach the dog to sit and you teach the dog to release, right? You say, dog, sit, release. So the dog sits, it releases. Then what do you do? You throw the ball. And the dog comes back and you say, sit, release. And the dog throws the ball. And you keep doing this, playing this game, right? The dog is happy for hours, right? And you're happy because it doesn't eat your shoes because it's out of energy and all those kind of things, right? It's a win-win situation. That's the same way it is with God, is we've got to be able to do that with God. Listen, God has given you a purpose. He's given you a job. He's given you things that he has designed you to do. And that's the same thing with, that's exactly what the ball is. God's sitting here going, look, I've got a purpose for you and I've got a plan for your life. Here, now go get it. Go do it. Go do what I'm calling you to do. But one day a week, what I need you to do is I need you to come back. I need you to sit at my feet and I need you to release all the cares of the world from that week. I need you to sit and release. And guess what? Trust me. Because come Monday morning, or whatever, I'm just using that as an analogy, right? Come Monday morning, I'm going to throw you back out there. I want you to go do the work that I've called you to do. I want you to go do the ministry and discover your purpose and make a difference with all the tools and talents that I've given you. But then one day a week, I need you to come back here and I need you to sit at my feet. If you just sit at my feet and release it, release the cares, release the pain, release the hurt, let's enjoy the, the wins. Let's celebrate what's going on in our 
our lives. Let, let's do it. Just sit at my feet and rest in me. And then guess what? I'm going to throw it again. And we're going to keep doing this. But you've got to learn to rest at his feet. You've got to have the Sabbath and keep it holy. Listen to me, Christ follower. It's not an option. It's not something that you get to decide to do. It's something he's telling you to do. It's one of the commandments I think we should probably listen. And he wants it not because he's mean. He wants it because he knows what's best for you. Because he doesn't want you broke down, busted, and disgusted. He wants you living a life of fresh air. And that only comes when you come and sit at his feet. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, I just want you to take one in every six days and give it to God. It's a day of rest. It's, it's not a day of work. It's not. It's just one in six days. And listen, it doesn't have to be Sunday. For me, I don't do a Sabbath on Sunday. It doesn't work. Sunday's a work day for me. This isn't a Sabbath. I get up at 4.30 every Sunday morning, and I start working, and I'm working, and I'm, meeting, I'm doing stuff all the way until I go to bed at night on Sunday. It's a work day for me. But for me, what I found has worked for me and my family. Friday night, I shut things down at 5 o'clock, and I do not pick things back up until Saturday at 5 o'clock when it comes to work. 24 hours of full rest. That's me watching football. That's me going to basketball games. That's me hanging out with the family. That's me spending time with Jesus, finding refreshing. Whatever works for you, find that day. And you must find one. Just find a day to rest, to recharge, to refocus, to worship. Because worship changes your perspective. That's why he wants you to sit at his feet. Because it'll change your perspective. Man, I'm ready to just walk out and quit. Look, sit at my feet. Sit here. Just chill. Open up the word. Let God speak to you. Find rest in what he's trying to tell you to do. Just, just find rest for your soul. Listen, reverence for God, Proverbs 10 says, adds hours to each day. Hours to each day. Number three is you've got to stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Because here's what it'll do for you. In Psalms, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Doesn't that sound like a breath of fresh air? That's what he does when we spend time with him. That's what staying close and connecting to Jesus, man, is what it's all about. And when you do that, in Matthew says, come to me all who are weary. How many are weary? And burdened. And I will give you what? Rest. You don't come to him, he can't give you rest. If you don't spend time with him, stay close to him, you're not going to be rested. You're not going to have rest that you need in your life. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, man. Doesn't that just sound awesome? I mean, honestly, just think that through. That sounds like you're laying on a riverbank chilling. Right? You're just out there like, this is nice. You're on the beach in, in Riviera Maya with no kids around. Right? No shoes, no shirt, no problems. You know what I'm talking about? This is rest. This is what Jesus offers for you. And he wants to give you that every single week of your life. One day a week. Find rest. Find rest. Take his yoke upon you. Find the right purpose, the right activities that God wants to give you. You know what a yoke is? It's where they put two oxes together. They have to walk together. He said, look, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, the way you've been doing things isn't working, but come follow me. Because a yoke is also, there's a play on words here. It's a belief system. A rabbi had a belief system. And what he was telling the society at the time, he says, my yoke system, because Jesus being a rabbi, he says, my yoke, my belief system is easy. My burden is light. Right? So he said, come live for me, come live with me, and I'll show you a totally different way of life. It's countercultural. It doesn't make sense. If you spend time with me, and I promise you, you'll find rest. I promise you, your life will be a breath of fresh air, not only to you, but to those around you. Because when you spend time with the Lord, it puts things in perspective. 
right? You get fatigued, you get burned out, right? You get physically fatigued, you get tired. You get emotionally fatigued, you, 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 you get emotionally damaged. You get spiritual fatigue, you got dry. You, you feel far from God, your spirit's dry. Like you might need to take a vacation, but listen, that's not gonna help. That's not gonna help the spiritual part. That's not gonna help the, the, the emotional part of your life that you're burned out in. The only thing that helps that is Jesus. That's why the fresh air principle that we're gonna leave you with today is this. And I say it says they were given rest by who? Is it up there? They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. See, God wants you to find rest so that you can have rest, but it will also change those around you. Listen, because every God wants everyone around you to know him by the way he treats his people. All right, listen. The way I treat my people, my yoke is easy. Listen, my way of life is easy. My burden is light. Those that follow me, those that call them Christ followers, their life is easy because they sit at my feet and they stay close to me. I'm not talking the troubles. I'm just talking you have hope in the midst of the suck, <laughs> right? You, 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 have, you, you, can, you can look forward to the day that you're going to be with Jesus. There's hope. There's, there, there's just peace. There's rest. See, he wants, he wants to make his name great by the people looking at you going, my goodness, how, how do you have such a restful life? How do you, in the midst of all that you're dealing with, how is there peace in your life? I want what you have. Will you sell me what you're smoking is what I'm saying. Right, that's what God wants for you. How much rest and peace you have in your life will be a witness to those around you. So here's the principle. You guys ready? Here's the principle I'm gonna leave you with today. Number one, the last and final thing, slow down. That's your principle, slow down. Just throttle down, just downshift. Just one day a week, just downshift, and you're not going to worry about it. Your job will take care of itself. It's going to be there on Monday. I promise you it'll be there on Monday, won't it? It'll be there on Monday. Just calm it down, throttle it down, and forget about it. Just forget about it. Just sit at his feet and just release all your cares to him. Release all your worries. Release all, your, all, all, all the good things. Release all the bad things. Celebrate with him and help him lick your wounds together. And just help him bring healing to your life and bring the joy to restore your soul because the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's always asking. Slow down. Slow down. Listen. There was once a, 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 a guy speaking of the, the principle of, of sharpening the saw. He was a, he was a woodcutter. He needed a job. And, and, and so he went into this, this company and said, listen, I need a job. He said, sure, here's an axe grove. Here. He took, the boss took him to the area and said, here's the trees I need you to cut down. So the first day he went out there, man, and he cut down 18 trees. And the boss was like, this dude's, a, this dude's got it going on. And the second day he went out and worked just as hard, 15 trees. Third day he went out, he was down to 10 trees. He's like, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting weak. I don't know if I'm getting weak. I don't know what, what's happening. And the boss was like, look, dude, you need to step it up or you're going to lose your job. And so he goes out. He works hard to get seven trees. And the boss finally comes up to him, listen, man. I mean, this guy worked through his lunch break. He worked through his, his break break, his pre-break, his post-break. He, he worked overtime. He worked every, every, He worked as hard as any man there did. And, he, and the guy goes, I need you. The boss, I need you to turn your axe. You're, just, you're not going to cut it. And he turns in his axe. And the boss looks at his axe. He says, sir, how often did you sharpen your axe? What do you mean sharpen my axe? I didn't have time to sharpen my axe. And he said, yeah. He said, why don't you start spending time sharpening your axe in between, in between trees? That's what you need in your life. Listen, you guys are on, we are on this hamster wheel of life. And it doesn't look like there's any way to get off. Stop. Slow down. Sharpen your axe. You know what that looks like? You're getting into your word every single day. You know what that looks like? It looks like you're going to pray every single day. I'm not talking hours. If five minutes is all you got right now, then guess what? Spend five minutes sharpening your 
If five minutes all you got to pray, listen, spend five minutes sharpening your axe. Spend time in his word. Spend time in his presence. Listen, get into a small group because it says that iron sharpens iron. Right? Relationships with people sharpen your, yourself spiritually, emotionally, physically. It sharpens you. Spend time sharpening your axe with other people. That's getting go track today, man. It's time. We got free lunch. Who likes free food? If nothing else, come for the food. Come on. If you've never heard it before, forget about that. Come to the grow track today anyway because it's different and it'll change your life, I promise you. But find a way to sharpen your axe every day so that you can live in the freedom and joy that God has designed so that your life can be a breath of fresh air, not only for you, but for those people around you so that we can help those that are far from God realize they don't have me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. And Lord, I just ask right now that everybody hearing my voice, whether they're, they're listening to the podcast, they're here in person, or they're watching on Periscope, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you will, you will just do your work in their life right now, Father. Lord, help us to lay down the excuses that we just can't, and show us how we can, God. Show us how we can keep the Sabbath. Show us how we can slow down so that we can live in the fresh air kind of life that you've designed us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you came to this room today and you're like, Pastor Buddy, I want this fresh air. I don't I haven't even lived for Jesus. I need to give my life to him today. I, I want this in my life. If that's your you just slip your hand up in the air and say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Amen. I see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see you. Yes. Lord, let's, can everybody just pray with me? Say, Father God, forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I believe that you died for me, and I believe that you came back to life three days later. You came out of that grave so that I could have life with you and relationship with you. Forgive me my sins. I embrace you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the rest of you in this room that need prayer, look, look, those of you that did your Christ followers, but you're, you're struggling to find peace, you're struggling to slow down, I just want to pray. Father, give them strength today. Lord, I pray that you will nudge them. Lord, give them a, a holy conviction, God, not, not a condemnation, but a conviction that will draw them to you, that will bring them closer to you so they can do this thing called a Sabbath, so that they can spend time with you, so that they can find the refreshing and the healing that comes from spending time with you, so they can make a difference with the purpose, with the talents, with the treasure that you've given them. But bless them today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say Amen, amen. Listen, if you if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, I know, I know a few of you did. There's a couple of things I want to challenge you to do. Next week, next week, water baptism. That, that's an outward expression of an inward transformation. We're going to be doing that right here after, uh, during our service. Uh, and so I want to challenge you to do that. You can sign up online or you can meet us back at the Action Tent and sign up for there. The second thing you need to do is get in a small group. Get in a small group. And then, and then the third thing you need to do, which, which is important, is you need to join a Bible-believing church. Man, we believe this is one. We love this church. I'm a little biased. I can just be honest with you. But, but there are plenty of churches around here. If you don't like this one, that's fine. It's not for everybody. We don't pretend that. But there are plenty of churches, and there's some good ones that I can help you find. Um, so so I, I just invite you to be a part of that. Amen?